Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Matt Michaels of the Tiger Radio Network is also the host of the wrap-up show for men's basketball up there in Missouri. And Matt, appreciate you joining us again this afternoon, man. How you doing? I am doing great. It's good to speak with you guys again. Yeah, it's good to hear from you, man. And, you know, last time when we talked about Arkansas and Missouri, Arkansas was, was you know, kind of treading water a little bit. They, they weren't be, being very good. And uh, since that game against Missouri, they reeled off nine straight at a big win against uh, Auburn. So things have been going well here in Arkansas. But from the Missouri side of things, since the last time we talked, what, what's been going on with the Tigers, man? Well, the first thing was that 49 to 15 first half at Bud Walton Arena. I, I think that uh, maybe Missouri fans would like to forget it, but that was one of the lower points of the season, finding uh, a blowout loss on the road. It's a place where the Tigers have lost big before, no question. But that was kind of a, uh, that was kind of continuing a series from earlier in the season where Missouri lost in blowout fashion at Kansas, lost in their bragging rights game to Illinois in a big one, and it was kind of a bitter pill to swallow for Tiger fans. And since that point, it's been a team that has improved. I think that anybody who watches it night in and night out would say that Missouri is finding more in terms of its offensive production, in terms of stretches of games where they can be successful but they haven't found the final push. I think that the top example of that would be pushing Auburn. As you guys well know, with the big win uh, inside your home building, Tigers pushed Auburn basically about as far as they wanted to go on January 25th, but the problem was they didn't close the game the right way after taking uh, a couple of early leads over the Auburn Tigers, and then they lose that one by a point at home, a gettable game. You know, they've gotten the win over Alabama this season, that was right before, uh, of course, the last matchup between the two teams. But there just hasn't been, you know, really positive steps forward from one game to the next. Uh, I suppose the fact that the Tigers shot over 50% against Ole Miss on Saturday night is something to build on. But there's just not been a theme, whereas you could look at the Hogs and say, you know, they've won nine in a row. There's been no such love in terms of consistency for Missouri's team. And that's still what they're searching for, even at this late stage in February. Well, we know we saw the worst of Missouri basketball with that loss to Arkansas, but have there been any coaching changes as far as the philosophy on the court, or is it just a case of that was just the worst game you could possibly see them play, and players overall have played better since then? You know, I think it might be a little bit of both. It it appears that the team has definitely cut down on their early three-point shots, and for good reason. They're one of the worst by percentage three-point shooting teams in conference play overall for the season. They get good looks, but they don't always make them. Now, when they do, they can find a lot more success, like building a 20-point lead over Ole Miss on Saturday. They shot, in the end, 50% from beyond the arc. They made seven threes in the game. Uh, The problem was then, down the stretch again, they didn't really convert all the things they needed to do to win. They kind of stumbled to a six-point victory in that one. There have definitely been changes, but part of it in that game was they just played really poorly, and, and they were not ready to go into that sort of road test and have a lot of success. In fact, their game at Ole Miss on January 18th, where they blew out the Rebels, was really the first true road game in which we saw the Tigers hang on to success late. And then they did it again at Texas A&M on February the 5th. So, you know, they, they played really poorly on the road. I'd expect Missouri 
to have a better look at home against Arkansas. The defense has come around at times. There's times where the offense is really balanced like it was on Saturday night, and there's times when it gets itself in trouble by missing some long shots or not getting to rebounds. And, you know, they've, they've tried to make the tweaks here and there to maybe tighten things up and make things more efficient for the personnel that they do have. But um, it, it has still been a struggle for Missouri to find those knockout punches despite stretches of good play against the likes of, you know, Florida and Auburn and on down the line. So what, just looking at specifically of those games where Missouri really held their own and, and did a really good job, was it mainly due to just the defense that they played? Because Arkansas and their formula, they've kind of just been a really good defensive team, got into the free throw line and made free throws. That's kind of been their bread and butter, and it's worked out for them. But if Missouri's going to have success against Arkansas, what is the strength and the key that they're going to have to make sure that they do to get out of there with a win? Well, I think they definitely will have to lean on their defense. It's Conzo Martin's calling card and it has been for a long time. The defensive rotations of this team have improved throughout the season. You know, I was I was speaking with uh, an assistant Cornell man on the Tiger staff, and, and he was saying, you know, every single day in practice, you have guys understanding their assignments for, and it's a very active assignment defense with rotations and uh, with the way that it's set up. So Missouri earlier in the season was probably finding itself lost more frequently than it should have been on that side. And with nine new players coming in from all over the country, I guess you could understand that. But at this time of year, you know, they really have to be on their P's and Q's there. So I'd expect a better defensive output. And offensively, you know, they need to still find ways over the long stretches of games to be able to score when teams focus in on Kobe Brown. As I recall, that game... (laughs) at Bud Walton Arena was just a focus on Kobe. And the thought has been in some games that if you take Kobe Brown away from Missouri, you take away Missouri. That's not always been the case. Uh, actually, his brother Caleb has played some point guard and, and pretty capably. You know, it's not often you see a 6-8 point, but uh, Caleb Brown has helped open up this offense a little bit from time to time. Uh, and, you know, the primary ball handlers still have struggles. You'll see the Tigers probably tonight have a couple of late shot clock heaves. Uh, they've had some problems in recent games with awareness on that side, and it might lead to a turnover if the Hogs defended out. But if Missouri finds ways to make open shots, especially from beyond the arc, and get themselves a little bit of an early lead, they'll have opportunities in this game at home where they've played much better than they have generally on the road. But if they find themselves in a nip-and-tuck type of contest throughout, their offense is sometimes found it a struggle to be able to match bucket for bucket with teams for long stretches of a game. So it'll be really interesting to see if they took something away from that beatdown in Fayetteville and, and can translate it into more success here tonight. Well, Kobe Brown has to feel good about the chance to play with his brother. Now, is that something that's been a change here recently where he's played a lot more minutes here lately? Yeah, it, it's probably been the last few games, and part of it has been personnel-based. The Tigers have a, a freshman point, Anton Brookshire, who's actually been uh, dealing with a, a bit of injury in their last game against Ole Miss. The Tigers only had eight available, and for part of it, uh, we found out after the game that Kobe Brown was uh, cramping up and still playing some tough minutes down the stretch. So um, it, it's a little bit of you know, a thin bench, if you would, at least going into the last game. I don't think we have any official word yet on who will be available or not for tonight's contest. But we have seen Caleb Brown play a little bit more, and, and capably he 
it's not like he does everything at a superstar level, but he does things at a very capable level, and in a way you wouldn't expect from the point from someone his size, but he did it all throughout high school. He's not unfamiliar to it at all. And, yeah, there are the plays every once in a while where he finds his brother because they've been playing basketball together for a long time, and that's helped Missouri's offense a time or two as well. But what they did really well in their last game was uh, find the open look, the extra pass, and find ways to distribute the ball. I think it was 13, maybe 15 assists against Ole Miss. And when this Tiger team is at its best, it's sharing the ball in that way and not making it just a one, two, or, or even three-man game and trying to ISO it near the basket. Because if, if they come up blocked or they come up unsuccessful against some bigger teams, that's when they find themselves on the wrong end of some runs and some runouts the other way. We're speaking with Matt Michaels of the Tiger Radio Network here on Out of Bounds. Now, Matt, just looking at Quanzo Martin, we know he's been at Missouri for a while. We know that the, there's been some good recruiting classes, but we also know that there's been some struggles to go along with it. Just at this point in time of the season and of his tenure there at Missouri, what's his status right now? You know, the status right now, I'm from everything I understand, you know, there wouldn't be any sort of decisions made until – at the end of the season, if there is a change to status, as of now, it's to stay the course. And I know that Conza Martin is universally loved by the people who interact with him. You know, uh, media folks love his forthrightness. You know, he's always been great to work with in terms of what he does uh, here in Columbia. And so I, I really don't know the answer to that question. There's been no sort of public proclamation of, hey, despite there being some disappointment in the wins and losses so far this season, is there a question or is there not? And and Conzo just treats it like, hey, it's my job until somebody taps me on the shoulder and, and says it isn't. He doesn't get himself worked up into all those sorts of things. He just goes out and tries to put the best team on the floor. So I don't think that anything that people are – asking about outside the program, or at least as you see speculated, if you're on social media or whatever, that doesn't really get to him. It doesn't get inside his program. They stay the course and do what they need to do. But, you know, the, the new athletic director at the University of Missouri, Desiree Reed-Francois, she knows Conzo Martin pretty personally, worked at the University of Tennessee at the same time that Conzo did, had a pre-existing relationship there. In fact, her son, had already been scheduled to walk on to Conzo Martin's basketball team next season after he's done with high school. And that was before she was ever hired at the University of Missouri. So she certainly knows the man and certainly understands his character and the type of person he is as to questions of whether or not the wins and losses are enough to cause any sorts of changes of uh, hearts in Columbia. I think it's still too uh, early to say one way or the other. I don't think any sort of choices have been made. And I think a lot of folks are just waiting to see what these final few weeks have in store before even reaching that sort of topic. So how does the stretch run set up for Missouri basketball? Pretty interesting that after the Arkansas game, play Mississippi State in a two-day stretch back-to-back. Yeah, and, and that's actually kind of a makeup situation. The two were scheduled to play a normal Saturday game but because there was a COVID cancellation back in uh, January, the first part of January, in fact, it was going to be the Tigers' second league game of the season, but they had to bounce it. So the game on Friday night at Mississippi State was moved forward from the Saturday date, and then they snuck one in on Sunday at Mizzou Arena. So the Tigers are in this stretch where they're playing you know, five games within 11 days, I think the final tally is and they're going to spend some extra time on the road with a wraparound after 
uh, heading to LSU on February 26th. They've kind of had an unusual schedule in the times they get road and home just for uh, travel purposes, of course, from Columbia, Missouri. So uh, it's an interesting stretch, to say the least, and uh, not one they'll be able to take lightly with the likes of you know Tennessee's coming up, LSU, a game at South Carolina, and it always seems to be a rivalry there. And that game at Georgia at the end of the season, I mean, if Missouri wins a couple here, that one could be one to keep them out of that first day of the SEC tournament, which I think would be pretty big for this program considering some of the struggles that it had had. I mean, that's the type of place they're shooting for right now is, yeah, win them into the end of the season, but nobody's going out there saying, man, we need to run the table. Right now, it's we just need to be consistent from game to game and find a couple of wins here and then see where it leaves us by the time we get into the late stages of February and early March. You know, and just looking at uh, Missouri, we know that winning on the road in conference play is always difficult no matter where you're going. But what can uh, Razorback players and everybody expect from the atmosphere up there in Missouri? Is is they expecting a pretty raucous crowd? Because I think a top 25 team is always going to bring in a lot of intrigue no matter who uh, or at least the current situation of what the team's in. You know, it should. It's been up and down because the early struggles of this team to start the season had some folks a little bit upset, a little bit disillusioned because maybe it didn't meet with their expectations. I can tell you this, the people who were there at the Zoo Arena night in and night out are as passionate as any fans in the SEC. They make it a point to be there, be loud and on their feet. And the students, too, you know, there had been some years here that got a little bit lean, as everybody knows. And I think that maybe the student section, it it didn't find itself in a place where it was maybe as intense as some other places across the league. And we're talking years gone by, but it's really improved. The team's done a lot of outreach to the students directly, you know, even showed up in in some uh, lecture halls and been like, hey, we need you guys at the game. And so students have really stepped up and responded to make it a fine atmosphere. And so um, it's not going to be necessarily the packed, rabbit house that you might get sometimes it's not going to match up to what bud walton arena was when auburn came to town but it'll be a good atmosphere and everybody in columbia missouri despite the fact that a lot of folks say that their rival is the kansas without an ar in front of them i know that arkansas still holds a little bit of a sore spot for missouri fans and i'm sure vice versa especially when it comes to these basketball games so I think you'll see some Tiger fans in full voice as usual tonight, and it should be a fun atmosphere inside the Zoo Arena for a game that uh, I know Missouri, uh, from from the team side, they 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 believe that they can go in and compete and win in any game. The problem's going to be their execution and their consistency in finding ways to do that, especially if they have a lead in finding ways to finish and close because it's something they've just struggled to do time and again this year. So for Missouri to play a lot better, what you expect? Because they wouldn't be able to play any worse, you would think, going into this second matchup against Arkansas. But who are some of the key players from Arkansas that Missouri needs to focus in on to come away with a win? Well, I don't think you can let J.D. Note have the type of game that he did in 27 minutes against Missouri the first time the two teams played. It was a bit of a volume game, yes. It was just 6-14 for the field, but he scored 19 points, and he got to the line a ton. Missouri's going to have to resist the urge to foul in this game, which is tough, right? Because, it's like you said, it's what Arkansas really wants to try to do. And, and you know, Wade in that game with 7-10 of 10 from the field was also a, really a real problem. I, I would say that anything that Arkansas can do to make the Tigers um, turn back and be stagnant on the outside 
is probably something that serves them well. So guard pressure might serve them well in this game. We've seen Missouri a time or two when they get out of rhythm on the perimeter. Sometimes their ball motion isn't as good as it normally can be. And Mizzou will try to get downhill on them uh, if they can tonight. But it, sometimes it's easier said than done, especially with the swarming defense that we know Arkansas can have. But uh, I just think you, Missouri's done a good job in their wins of not letting these stars be the stars against them. And maybe sometimes secondary scores step up and have a big night, but it's not the dudes, so to speak. So uh, I think that Missouri would look at what Note did and what Wade did and said, you know, we just can't let these numbers beat us tonight. And if it comes from somewhere else, we can live with that. I want to go back to something you said in the previous answer and talking about uh, Missouri and maybe still having a, a certain type of feeling towards Arkansas. Does a lot of that stem towards the Mike Anderson thing? Is that really where a lot of it comes from, or is there something different that's been ongoing with how Missouri fans feel about Arkansas? I think Missouri fans don't forget the Mike Anderson stuff. I mean, we all remember what it felt like when the Tigers and Hogs were facing off for those first times when Mike Anderson was on the other sideline. And, and I, I wouldn't necessarily call it all the way to boiling blood, but, you know, memories are long and fans understand. Uh, I mean, fans loved Mike Anderson at the time he was here, and there were some who were probably upset that it ended the way that it had, even if they understood what Arkansas meant to Mike Anderson and what it still means to Mike Anderson. And it might have been the only job anywhere he would have left for it. He did, and so some of that comes from that. And I think just, you know, historically, whenever the two teams have met, they've occupied the same region of the country, and they've always tried to occupy the same status on the basketball ladder, if you will. And so whenever you get that, you have the good uh, ingredients for a rivalry, in my opinion, when one side looks at the other and says, you're on the rung I want to be on. And right now, you know, to be quite honest, Arkansas has occupied the rung, at least for this season, and Missouri is looking at that as a place that they need to build back to and build from in the future. So uh, I think that's why for Missouri fans, Arkansas, even though it isn't going to be the top of their mind and they'll say, oh, well, you know, we've got Kansas we don't like or other teams. Whenever Arkansas is the opponent, there's always something extra there. I, I've always been convinced that you, you can't let people try to downplay that one on you everybody cares a little bit more when these two get together yeah I think so I just remember that those games you mentioned with Mike Anderson it was just crazy to me that what you know what he left at Missouri that team was loaded and Frank Haith won 30 games with him and then he came to Arkansas and just I don't know you don't see very many things like that happen very often where a coach leads another loaded team to go and save another uh pretty bad team I guess maybe Chris Beard was the most recent thing that we saw but uh, yeah, that was that. I remember those days very well, and I think a lot of Razorback fans remember that too. And maybe that's why they feel some about Missouri as well. Well, I, re I remember going to that first game when the two squared off at Bud Walton Arena, and I mean, it was a snake pit in every definition of the word. You just felt the arena shake, and you understood that people knew what was at stake in those games, and it, it just it just gave a little bit of an extra edge and energy to it. And you guys know very well from being there many times what that building feels like uh, not just as a fan or maybe cheering on the Razorbacks but imagine for an opponent just feeling that extra pressure on you um it, it definitely was an environment I wouldn't forget and you know I haven't been able to go back for some of the games since then between the two but uh, I definitely would like to someday because it's a fantastic environment and I'm sure at Mizzou Arena tonight you know nobody really forgets those sorts of things it takes a long time for that to become old business so there's always a little bit of something there 
I think when uh, when at least in basketball the Hogs and the Tigers are going after it. 